We are live. Welcome to another edition of our weekly Friday market update. Every Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific time, I go over the headline articles of the week. I give you a glimpse as to what is actually happening on a week by week basis so that you are educated and you know way before the public knows as to what is actually going on with the Bay Area real estate market. We got a lot of news to cover today, and this is a live show. So if you have any questions or any comments, feel free to uh, tune in live, make a comment below. I will answer every and all questions. If you're not able to tune in, of course, you can text me at any time. My number is below 408-547-4590. And let's get going. So first and foremost, some San Francisco Bay Area counties have seen prices rise more than 5 100% in the last 30 years, in the last three decades. What are the areas? Those are the prime areas that you see a lot of company growth and a lot of density with very little new housing. San Francisco, Santa Clara, and San Mateo County top this list between 532% to 506%. To give you an idea, if, if you look back in the last three decades, the medium percent growth is about seven percent a year on average so that is one of the beauties of the bay area yes things cost more however there is very limited land very limited inventory very really really high paying jobs is the reality some of the highest paying especially in tech definitely in tech in the country and um it's not slowing down as we're not seeing any changes anytime soon if you look at the situation now, you compare it to what it was before, you can see all the jobs are still in the same area. And you will see as you have tuned in every week, and if you're fortunate to tune in every week, you've been educated every week, that this is just getting more and more crowded, at least in the prime areas. Now, it also means that there's other opportunities that people may start expanding to, like the East Bay or Contra Costa County. However, for the most part, the change of where the companies decide to want to build and hire are all the same areas, which is basically San Mateo County, Santa Clara County, and San Francisco. So at the end of the day, the Bay Area is very simple. Follow where the jobs are at. Those are where the higher prices would be, but also where all higher long-term growth tends to be, even at the prices that we're at now. Let's take a look at this home. Bay Area home sold one5 Sorry, I'm choking up here. $1.5 million over asking price in just 10 days. The home at the Five Uplands Berkeley was listed at $2.75 million and sold for $4.25 million. What's incredible is that it, it sold for $1.5 million over asking, right? But look at the number of competition. It actually wasn't that many. It received nine offers. It, eight of those offers were over asking, of course. I mean, that's that's normal. But that's not actually a lot of offers and a lot of bids. And so when you read this article and when you see something like this, you shouldn't be concerned because these are typically very, uh, they're basically outliers. I'm going to share with you momentarily. Here's what has sold within a mile of this home so that we're going to look at it together. And you told me, was this a somebody, you know, significantly overpaid? So this is a big home in Berkeley. So let's just search by Berkeley. And even when we sort by the most expensive, so that home was the five uplands. It's a, it sold for 4.25 million, four bed, four and a half bath, 
3,076 square feet. When you compare against the others, like the others are much larger than this. And this is what has sold in the last three months. And the market actually has not changed a whole lot. It's been relatively flat. So when I see this number and you look at the last one, uh, a, a whole that sold for 3.3, a 2807. And it's really the same street. Like they're both on busy roads. So as you can see, they're both on busy roads. They're both on the same street. This is actually even busier. It's on the intersection of two roads. And that sold for that amount. And so, you know, I would say like at the end of the day, unfortunately, some people are making major mistakes. I mean, that's probably a huge overpaying of that home. And and it, at the end of the day, it's out of our control as to if someone really wants to go gun ho and, and lock it down. Because some people don't really care about the value of the home. They just want to get into that home. They really like it. They just want to get in. And at the same time, you can see there's so many different comps and comparables that don't that don't even get anywhere close to that. And the reality is if there's only eight offers, that wasn't a lot of offers. Like if it was really worth 4.25 million, you would easily have gotten at least 30 plus offers. So unfortunately, it seems like most likely the top bidder just really loved it and wanted to get it over with. And they went, went really crazy on this particular home. But the reality is don't let this affect you. This is an outlier. I would say they have significantly overpaid because there are no numbers here at all that would justify anywhere close to that bid. But this is why working with the top agent really matters, right? You got to understand the data. You also have to understand, hey, look, it is what it is. Some, if someone's really clearly overpay like this, then move on. It's all good. I mean, I don't know how long it would take, you know, for it to be worth 4.25 million, but congratulations to the sellers. I think that's also incredible for the sellers and the listing agent. Phenomenal job from the listing agent to be able to do that. But it gives you a sense like it's really, really important about who you work with and understanding like what is the true band of prices that that home is worth. And um, it can clearly save you probably in this case, $900,000, But who am I? I'm not the one who represented that person. And at least that person got a home. So congratulations, at least on that front. Next, uh, we've always heard about things related to Oracle, right? Oracle had left. Oh, no, everybody's leaving the Bay Area. And the reality is companies like Oracle, HP, these large companies, they've always been in kind of the cost reduction mode for a long time now. And they've also always had a massive campus in like Texas and places all over like in North Carolina and things like that. But in the Bay Area, they're not as competitive anymore relative to others, unless you're like an exec. So for them, a cost-cutting exercise makes a lot of sense. You might as well do it if you can't compete anymore here in the Bay Area. And so what does that mean, though? I told you over and over again, the biggest shift that you will continue to see, I would say over the next five years at the very least, is this massive push towards biotech and biopharma. They cannot build and expand fast enough in the Bay Area, and they're mostly doing it in the peninsula. So for them, as you can see, Biomed Realty buys Bay Area complex undeveloped land, which is perfect for them, from Oracle for $160 million. Incredible. And that's not going to be enough. We're going to see a whole lot more of these types of projects because we can't build fast enough when it comes to life sciences and laboratories altogether. So be mindful of that. That is a, a another catalyst that we will see of, in terms of further price growth, in my opinion, over the next five to 10 years. 
And as you can imagine, it's going to take them two to three years at the very least before they, they can even build and have anyone move in. So these are all projects that are pretty far down the line. But for them to make this bet um, shows very big demand drivers. What other big demand drivers are there? Um, as I mentioned time and time again, and I'll continue mentioning it, there are two catalysts or there are two things that can happen with Google's campus in San Jose. You have one bet, which is, you know what? Maybe they just won't actually move there because it's still a few years out. Maybe they they just don't actually end up moving there. It's a, it's a shell of itself. It was all a big uh, marketing push. I say that probability is very low. Maybe it's 10%. The bigger probability is that they will move there. But if they do move there, look at what all the other tech companies have always done. They've always built offices and campuses and space around others so that they can take talent from one another. If that is the case, the downtown San Jose tech campus corridor is going to be a very interesting play because other developers will see this as an opportunity to build space and other companies will want to move in and take over that as well. So we have a lot bigger growth than just the Google Village play. That's what I think is likely to be the case from what we see. I mean, these companies are not slowing down. They're continuing to make record profits. There is a lot of news uh, against them uh, from all social media platforms and regulations and maybe even trying to break them up. But the reality is this, if they were really able to break them up, there's going to be a lot more jobs and a lot more opportunities for individuals for that. So I think the reality is on one end, it's it works both ways. It's actually probably beneficial for individuals because now they're competing with one another. They, need to get, they can't use the same people to do the different things, right? They have to have their own separate sales team, separate admin team, separate engineers, and things like that. So at the end of the day, it just means more space and more opportunities for individuals. So either way, um, it's going to be a, a big win for people that are in the Bay Area and for growth um, in downtown San Jose. Let's talk about some uh, not pleasant news. So creditor sees Oceanwide's flagship SF project. Shenzhen-based firm says it's in discussion with two debt holders. Oceanwide, one of China's biggest real estate companies, locked in control of its flagship San, San Francisco project. I think what is going to be really interesting is uh, we do hear a lot of these situations happening in China. And on one end, a lot of it, because of the Chinese real estate market to begin with, is pretty shelled of the Chinese market, at least when it comes to real estate. It's mostly people within the country that are the ones buying and maybe gambling on these further uh, units. And there's going to be a lot of people that are potentially affected. And if you think about it, a lot of the investments that individuals do because of the notion of their perception of culturally, but also traditionally of real estate, there's a lot of money in that sector, right? They don't actually believe too much in the stock market. There's not many other financial products. And for a lot of reasons, they pour money into additional real estate. So that is certainly a big challenge, a big problem. Now, what is interesting on a larger scale is that a lot of big uh, Chinese real estate companies, it could be insurance providers, they tend to try to own commercial space and usually it's grade A commercial space, right? And uh, that's a way for them to de-risk themselves. If you actually look in, look into it, if you just think about like, I don't know, the Transamerica building, right? A large uh, insurance provider. Uh, there's many of them all over the country, all over the world that are investing in other, other markets and other places because it's been a 
very, very stable property. So it will be interesting to see that um, it just depends on how the funding is and what kind of projects are actually doing. So for example, in this case, these will become issues of office complexes that uh, were being, there's money being put in, but they're trying to develop it. Now, if they're obviously having troubles, they need that money back and, or that commitment is gone to repair other things. So it will be interesting. And then there'll be also be a liquidation. Now, I don't know if it really affects most individuals because you and I most likely are not the ones owning or have a share of these uh, office complexes. Maybe you do, then you got to let me know and send me a DM and we need to chat. But I think for the most part, we're pretty unaffected. Um, now, there may be less you know, office complexes that come up, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, given uh, office space isn't uh, in such high demand, especially in these core areas. But we will see how this plays out. Um, we'll see how this plays out. And last but not least, we have some uh, good local news. Costco, well, depends on <laughs> your perception of Costco, but Costco eyes big news store on west side of San Jose. So anyway, that's in West San Jose. You have the opportunity that they may be opening up a Costco. Now, Costco does bring in a lot of traffic, especially those gas stations, as everyone has, has seen. Like those gas station lines, especially with what fuel costs are today, continues to be pretty intense. But it's good for those individuals. I think the nearest Costco around here might be... I think you have something like South San Jose. I think that will be our closest, but nothing in this, you know, very good location, this prime location. Uh, a client of mine actually just closed nearby here. So I need to send this to them and uh, that's a good spot. And yeah, Costco is, is always very, very, uh, it's always very, very positive of the general feedback for, for Costco. Let's talk about the market data itself. Now we are approaching the holidays. And so what does that mean? I looked at the data not long ago, in terms of what your expectations could would mean when it comes to, you know, how many homes you might be even able, able to see on a week by week basis. You can see the trends already. And we're not even in Thanksgiving and we're not even in Christmas time yet. You can see that there is 150 new listings this week, 150 contingent pending in San Mateo County, which is not good for a lot of individuals. We also see, as you can see, October Prices have picked up pretty significantly uh, since the low time of August and September. We had a nice opportunity for a lot of individuals, but now it has clearly picked up. I suspect this will close out um, in May. It will probably close out better than July. It'd be interesting to see if it closes out better than June, which was the highest point of the year. I see it for myself. I made a bid this week for a Redwood City property. It ultimately sold for much well above about 2.05, 2.1, and is probably only worth about mid one nines. So we are absolutely seeing an increase in San Mateo County from, from uh, an actual penning figure, which is not going to be public here until the end of November. So be mindful of that. Um, have that as, a, as, as an expectation. But it's not all the same news. As you can see, condos and townhomes haven't actually increased. It's actually had continued to decline. So just be mindful of the type of asset you're looking at, understand the market, understand the data, where things are progressing, and uh, you will be in good shape. Still very doable. Santa Clara County, as you can see, 349 new listings this week. Whole lot less. 413 contingent pending. You can see the October time period was also increased. 
versus the previous two months. And you look at condos and townhomes, continues to be a migration up. So factor that into your budget when you're making offers for condos and townhomes. Alameda County, 416 new listings, 336 contingent pending. The data in Alameda County has been and continues to be pretty flat. So don't be discouraged there. Very, very doable when you compare with other homes that have sold. Uh, condos and townhomes, though, they're about the same as it was if you compare the last five months. But it's been a, a steady pickup from the previous uh, two months. Um, and then I have the San Francisco data, contract cost of data. So you can always look into that yourself separately. But I hope this was helpful in terms of you understanding the options and what is actually going on with the local markets. Of course, if you or anyone you know has any questions about the Bay Area real estate market, you want an evaluation of your home, or if you want an evaluation of a home that you're potentially making an offer on, I would love to give you my feedback and hopefully I'll have the opportunity to be able to work with you. You can easily find me. Uh, I am easily, uh, you can easily find me at 408-547-4590. Just send me a text and I'm happy to help and we can figure out the game plan. Enjoy the Halloween weekend and I'll see you at the next one. Bye now.